0: welcome to cryptid crossroads 505 i'm larry and i'm vince welcome to the show where we talk all things cryptid sasquatch aliens hauntings and anything paranormal you would like to share with us you can reach us at cryptid 505 at gmail.com so settle in open your mind and enjoy the show Hey, welcome back to Cryptid Crossroads 505. We're in the studio doing it once again. Give them a shout out, Vince.
1: Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the CCR 505 studios and... No, we do not use fake names.
0: That's right. (laughs) Uh, I I guess there was something out there floating around that we use fake names. Uh, No.
1: Well, we don't have to since they come up with that expungent law. (laughs) 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 All that's in the past. We don't need to. That's right. That's right. Alias, we don't need them no more.
0: My my (laughs) alias name has gone away. (laughs) Well, um, I bet you're wondering what the topic is tonight. And... uh, we're going to give it to you. It's going to be Squatch,
1: right? Just because there's so much new stuff we've been watching and right a lot of catching up. Uh, I mean, I I should have watched everything on the face of this earth for all the time I've been out of work. No,
0: right? <laughs> no, there there there's still Squatch material coming out. There's a couple new uh, documentaries that I may want to watch that are coming out, and uh, you know, it seems like nowadays everyone's just into. Squatch documentaries.
1: Right. Now, I was just noticing that because uh, we'll go on to other channels that, like, say, Small Town Monsters. Right. And uh, just when I thought I watched everything, boom, they have some new ones pop up. Right. Or other channels. There was uh, even one from the History Channel I hadn't seen. And there was several that I hadn't seen. But what I haven't seen pop up lately is like sighting videos.
0: Well, you know, and, and you're right. So there's been abundance of people out there doing independent documentaries on their experience with Sasquatching and where they go and what they believe is the hot spot, but you're right. It, what started the phenomenon is everyone out there posting sightings and giving their stories. So everyone said, Wait, is this real? Or is it fake? So people started going out to the forest and more people started having experience. So we have more squatchers, more documentaries. Right. It it sparked it off. But you're right. I haven't seen any good recent uh, even trail cam or videos of sightings.
1: Right. Now, I don't don't know why that is. Maybe uh, they just don't have any. They don't want to share either because you know they fear for their family or they you know they don't want to be ridiculed mm-hmm. or like a lot of these new documentaries have these people with sightings in them telling their stories so they don't have to put out a a little video on their own. Right. And someone could call it and say, oh, hoax or this and that and that. But
0: I mean, if you're going to do the documentary and you have a sighting, even if it's on film, even if it's blurry, I mean, it's going to credit you by throwing it in there and saying, because you could explain and say, look, although it's not clear, I know what I saw with my eyes. Right. And, And this creature wasn't a bear. It wasn't human, you know what I mean?
1: Right, and uh, when you're on a documentary, uh, a lot of these documentaries, especially like the small-town monsters, they do a good job of investigating, doing the background on the person, the area. So right. I think they could rule out the the downright hoaxes, you know?
0: Yeah, no, I think they can. Uh, but, you know, there's just so many documentaries out there now.
1: Right, right. But small-town monsters, they want... Actual evidence and you know credible witnesses.
0: I and I that's why I like to watch theirs. Um, they just don't talk about it. They go out there, they film it. Uh, they talk while they're out there, what they're looking for, what they're doing. I I, I think their documentaries are credible, and I, I give them kudos. Uh, but you know they got now they got advertisers, so they could you know do it more with sponsored ads and uh, you know you get some revenue and it does help to go out there and do it and hey kudos to them keep doing it because we will keep watching
1: yeah yeah we're we're still looking for that revenue stream to divert toward us
0: that's Uh, right so if
1: if i only knew somebody who worked (laughs) in the city that handled the money maybe we could work a deal
0: (laughs) i wonder who that is
1: Uh, but hey
0: don't be surprised if we do a documentary
1: Right. Right. Now, here in Albuquerque, if you see all your uh, solid waste <clears throat> containers with a big cryptid Crossroads 505, <laughs> that means we got a sponsor.
0: <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll clear that with city council. <laughs>
1: well, uh, beat some of the other stuff they spend money on. <laughs> <laughs> no comment. <laughs> okay, now, just off mic, I was telling you about the one. Uh, <clears throat> it wasn't even a documentary well i guess you could say it was a documentary it was more of a an evidence <coughs> reveal slash uh, i guess investigate the evidence right so the the small town monsters were a big part of this too they brought in all the evidence uh video evidence or i'm sorry audio evidence that they've gathered in the fields not only them but other respectable researchers from a lot of it was up in the pacific northwest right so and they took it to this one person. He was, uh, he he's also an investigator, but he's like, I guess he has the software, so he's a guy to go to. He could break it down and analyze it, how they do in the, the frequency ranges and stuff. Right. So he could tell what's human, what's not human, and right. it, it's pretty interesting because one of the, the calls, uh, he called it the low high because they would go low then high. It almost looked like. There was two of them, but he said he was quite certain that that was both sounds were coming from the same animal and hmm. uh, just something we can't do, you know?
0: Well, I mean, now that you say that, if we go back to the Sierra sounds when they had them analyzed by, uh, I think he was a, a Navy linguist or, or yeah, uh, yeah. He, he, was, he was a Navy linguist. So his whole job is to analyze human voices, human sounds to determine if they're fake or real and when they took him these vocals uh the samples he analyzed them and he said the same thing that he's like their vocal cords aren't like humans because they're hitting two two ranges at one time and that's you know that's first time i had ever heard that when when they analyzed the sierra sounds but now that you have someone else saying it's the same thing well there it is it's vindicated if you right. hear these creatures in the wild and you're wondering, you know, what was that?
1: Right. And and that guy who did the Sierra sounds, he also said that uh, the way things are structured, the sounds, that it's an actual language.
0: Right. No, no. Because he listened to some of the talking and he said they're forming a language. And if you listen to them, it sounds like gibberish to us, like just mumbling. But I'm sure if they hear us talk, they're like, that's mumbling. Right. You know, it's it well, just...
1: Just like, and uh, I'm sure you had the same experience when you're in the military, right. your time overseas, you come across a language that maybe you've never heard before, and you really can't understand a single word, and, you know, and if they're going to teach you some, they have to break it down slowly, all the pronunciations. Right. Well, they teach, you, they teach just you like, like a gibberish. baby. Yeah, right.
0: they teach you like a baby over there, and they start slow with little things like spoon. Did
1: you say they... Teach you or treat you
0: like a baby. They, well, <laughs> wait, did my memory come back? <laughs> well, see, well, they could do both.
1: Yeah, well, see, that's what I was gonna say about that. The guy who an- analyzes Sierra sounds. Yeah. Uh, Now, every woman overseas always told me this. I never trust a sailor, so do
0: we trust him? (laughs) No. uh, Well, well, we were both sailors, so (laughs) we'll just leave it at that.
1: Yeah. No, but uh, it it was interesting, this uh, documentary, how it had that high and low. And there was other sounds, sounds we've heard on other documentaries that they they capture at night on their audio recorders. Like one was uh, it, it sounds like dripping water, kind of, right. dripping water. And that's what this analyst said. He said it could be water dripping off a, a tree into a stream or something, or other people have said that they've seen the Sasquatch, they kind of, like, pop their, their cheek, and right. you know, you've know, you heard people who could do that. Yeah, I've they seen make, people They, do they make that. a noise like that, and some people say it's a Sasquatch making that sound, but...
0: Rather you, than a tree knock.
1: Yeah, well, no, rather than the drip okay but uh then again it all comes down to uh <clears throat> with audio you can't really see what's making that noise right. definitively so you really can't say it's just you know one person's theory against the other right and and oh go ahead no
0: no 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 go ahead no go
1: and, and, and uh uh another interesting part of that that i took interest in was the tree knocks right. now uh he had tree knocks, and he thought, "Oh, it could be an elk. It could be a, a tree fall. It could be a, a dead limb falling. Uh, it, it could be anything. A wild animal, you know, a bear climbing up in tree, knocks a limb down." Right. Um, and uh, they, there was one person who said that the tree knocks weren't actually tree knocks. There was one person who said it was the Sasquatch beating their chest like uh, like a gorilla like would, a, oh, and right. that's where the the sound comes from. A, a territorial claim, right? And uh, another one said uh, that they just make that noise. Uh, well, I, I I don't know because or clacking rocks, you know.
0: Well, I've I've heard you know clacking rocks, uh, wood on wood. Uh, it's there again. Yeah. Until someone sees them do it, it's going to be hard to say what it is. But we do know they make those noises.
1: Okay. Well, that's that's a one thing. Well, see, everyone can't even agree on that because, you know, he, like you were saying, it could be an elk out there, you know, hitting the tree.
0: Now, you, I, I, no, an elk would not make that sound if it's rutting, even right. hitting its antlers. You're not going to get that definite, like, powerful clacking sound. Right. Just not going to get it.
1: And uh, to bring this part of the discussion to the end, I was telling my brother off mic that when I had my first encounter when we were in the Hamas, I was sitting there and I could hear what I think was the male walking. I could hear him walking and every five minutes I could hear him shaking a tree and I hear him break off a limb and smack the tree with it. And so I could say without the shadow of a doubt, they do do tree knocks. Right. That's why I got to call these other guys out. They, you know, they've never laid eyes on any of this or been that close, so they're, it's just their theory. Right. But that's where I got to shoot them down because I experienced that within 20 yards, you know. And if, if I were there in the dark and you heard me shaking a tree, you'd know if I tore off a limb and hit the tree.
0: Yeah, I would know. Especially it. that close. Um, here's my thing. that We know they do that, how they do it, whether they use wood, rock, so many people here, it's done. But let's let's go back to because I, I was thinking about what the vocal, you know, the people that analyze the vocalizations and whatnot. So, and I just came to me now that we're talking about it, if they have these sounds, you know, we've we've read uh, cuneiform texts and all these ancient Egyptian texts, and yet we say we could decipher them after we study them. With this little bit of communication in the Sierra sounds, why can't we decipher that language?
1: Right, right.
0: They did it during all the wars.
1: But uh, I think one of the problem is they don't have somebody working diligently on it.
0: Okay, that makes uh, sense.
1: You know, yes. We all know the scientists in this uh, area; they won't touch this. Yeah, we know the subject with a ten foot stick.
0: Well, and and then my thing is, would they even get it right? Because I, I How still we know, I still question because they say we deciphered the Egyptian text and the cuneiform text. This is what it means. I'm like, do you really think or know that's what it means? Right. You weren't there. You didn't speak the language. Right. Exactly. You're assuming and. We all know what happens when you assume. Yep, you uh, end up behind Yeah, That's right. <laughs> <laughs> With <laughs> the anti yeah.
1: yeah, but I, I mean, I, I've always thought that like these scientists that say, oh, the this is how the skin on a dinosaur was, and this is the sounds he made. And I mean, you, sure, you've <laughs> dug up a lot of evidence, but... You cannot say that one hundred percent sure because you weren't there. You never you didn't see these animals. They could have sure skin right. like an alligator, but it could have been purple.
0: And that's <laughs> the problem I have with a lot of researchers and uh let's just take it back to academia, textbooks, because they write it in a textbook and it it is it's law. It that's it. This is how it is. But they weren't there. They could say the Tyrannosaurus rex made this sound. You, you need to say in these books, hypothetically, because we don't know, but we uh, we think this is what they made, you know? And no, they write it as law, but yet for these creatures, it's a myth. They don't exist. Right.
1: Yeah. yeah. Now, as far as the, going back to their language, I think it would take a whole lot of study, but you, I don't think you could do it just by the clips that we have. No. You, I, you'd have to see them, how they act when they say certain things, or... Because right. that'll that'll tell you a lot. Their body language when well, they're talking. Or well,
0: but someone would have to interact with them, and that's that's why I'm saying we need to go out there and just maybe run around the forest naked and grow our beard and and do the Jane Goodall thing.
1: And and, and you know,
0: acclimate ourselves to them.
1: And who knows if we could even learn their language? Right. You know, there's certain language like Greek. They say you practically have to be born into it.
0: Right, oh, and here's my thing. Since we know that linguists say that they have a two-octave range that they speak at one time, can we even mutter the words where they understand us?
1: Right, it'd be like those guys that go... Norm, norm, norm. <laughs> <Right>.
0: <laughs> no, no, seriously, because their ears are looking for certain frequencies, right. just like our vocal cords make certain frequencies. Right,
1: right. I mean, if, if we don't can't produce the same sounds, we'll tell them something, and they'll be like, to them it just sounds like oh, I'll tell, tell you later. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: We, and and we know that. We yeah. always hear oh, tell you later.
1: <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but um I think if if they were to ever try to learn the language of the Sasquatch, they better get it right 'cause uh the first person who goes out there and tries to communicate, what if he challenges the male to a fight or something and <laughs> I, you don't even know it? <laughs>
0: what did I, I say? Right. <laughs> I I wouldn't want to be that person. Nope.
1: Or as uh, uh uh, a mating call you
0: know?
1: <laughs> I'd rather get beat up by the way <laughs>
0: yeah I think I would too but I mean yeah, these are valid points to think about that researchers that go out there and and you know when we record vocalization I think that you know we joke around about it but this is a serious topic that anyone that has vocalization there should be like some sort of a bank because the government's not fooling us anymore we know they're out there
1: right And now that brings me to my next point. Okay. Now, are we even smart enough to comprehend their language? Well, case in point, uh, do we know gorillas' language? Do we know chimps' language? Any kind of monkeys that make sound, we don't.
0: Well, no, let's take a creature that we've studied for years and years and years, and we know they have a language, and we know they communicate, and they communicate with clicks, pops, and sounds, and that's the whale. Right. We've, we've studied whales and their uh, migration patterns, and we know that they communicate with sonar, with a certain language, with clicks and sounds, but yet we don't know what it means.
1: Right, and that, that's what I was getting at. Uh, are we smart enough? Because, look, we could teach a gorilla sign language. They, mm-hmm. they could learn our language, but we can't learn theirs, so right. who's the smarter species here?
0: Well, let me just say this. Most species can live on this earth in peace with one another, and they don't attack each other unless it's territorial or they've been attacked. Maybe we're not that smart because the human species devises ways to kill each other without thinking about learning how to live together. Right, right so maybe we ain't that smart yet we think we are with all this technology and maybe we're just running ourselves into oblivion and the technology is what will eventually kill us because we think we're smarter than it
1: right now uh <clears throat> Not to get off subject too far, but
0: right. No, I'm just making a point.
1: You, you saw what Elon Musk said about AI, right? Yeah, he wants
0: to, he wants to back off. He's scared off of the it.
1: Breaks. Yep, because
0: he's it, scared of it. It's
1: going to replace us.
0: Yeah. Well, well, you get computers to start learning, and and we know they learn quicker and faster than us. It's possible. There again, we don't know the intelligence of the Sasquatch creatures. So are they? and they have to be intelligent because they survive out in the wilderness and they survive well. Um if they threw us in the wilderness, we're going to have trouble. Right? Why? Because we no longer live that way. We are sedentary. We sit here, if oh, what's for dinner? Well, let's go get a double double from KFC. Yep. You know what I mean? As to where they're constantly looking out, they got to be uh Aware of their surrounding, their environment, the sounds, the creatures, because they depend on their senses to survive. Right, and uh, we no longer do. (laughs)
1: Like a lot of people in our world, they would, they they just won't be able to handle it because you don't get (laughs) three square meals a day. You eat when the opportunity presents itself. And if that's two or three days from now, so be it.
0: So be it, and and that's why they're lean, mean, fast. Because if they're not, they would not survive, and their species would just become extinct.
1: Right, and they're smart enough to steer clear of us.
0: Yeah, because uh, and for one, they hear us talking, and we're talking about language, and they're probably like, I don't understand a word they make, but we know they're not that smart.
1: Yep, <laughs> they can't even grow hair on their body. Look <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, so it's a, it's a serious question out there. Um, could, would we be able to learn the Sasquatch language? You know, people say, well, we got to have them in captivity first. And you, and that's a valid point. We do need some sort of base to study, uh, just like we did with gorillas. But we didn't learn their language. We taught them our language, like you said. Right. We, we put them in captivity, and day after day after day, we ran them through the gamut learning sign language. They eventually caught on and said, oh, I get it.
1: You know... The only way I see us learning their language is <coughs> for them to take a baby and raise them amongst them. Kind of a Tarzan scenario.
0: Right. I, I, yeah. I mean.
1: Because, I mean, so I guess it's easier for some people, but learning a new language is hard. And I heard English is the
0: hardest. English is the hardest. Uh, I mean, here's my thing. Yes, they would have to take a baby, but would that infant survive? If the well... For one, it doesn't have hair on its body. Right. I was going to say it
1: wouldn't survive the elements. That's what I'm saying. I'm sure some of their infants don't survive the
0: elements. Yeah, because that's a harsh... They're living in the harshest environment. They're living among nature. Um, Let's take an example like we talked off camera and I said, what about two months ago when the storm started hitting California and the snow started piling up, they were saying they had like 15 feet of snow in the mountains. Yeah. And my question to you is what happens to all the wildlife? Do they migrate all in herds or how do they bed down? So let's focus on the squash. Fifteen feet of snow, where are you gonna go? Right. They
1: they may come down to the lower elevations
0: and they they may, but even there, even in the lower elevations, if you're getting fifteen feet of snow in the mountains, the lower elevations are gonna be Damn near freezing, too.
1: Well, and that goes back to the same old question, do they migrate? Right. right now would be a good time for them to be hanging out in Radium Springs.
0: It, that's right. Or do they go to Mexico? Because Mexico is full of mountains. And, you know, we, we have mountains here. So does Mexico. They have mountains that are full of forest. Oh, how do you think the cartels grow all their weed and their drugs and their, you know, everything's hidden in the forest down there? Right. So, but I, I wonder if they do migrate down, or, or if they feel, if they could read the weather pattern and say, you know, it, it's in our bones, we got to move, and they do. But yeah, I, I do believe they do lose infants to the the elements out there. I believe that's true.
1: Yeah, and and like we've discussed before, that we don't really think the ones in the Hamus migrate because
0: it's their food sources
1: are so everything's abundant. right there, right. Um, and. Almost every time we go, we've had something no matter what time. Well, it's always the summer when it's right. open. But it's like some people report sightings like here at certain times of year. And this that's that's how they get their theories about migration. But uh, in the haymiss where they don't have to leave, between them and the other wildlife, elk, deer, whatever, they beat down a game trail no matter how... Th- deep the snow is and they just stick to it
0: and 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 of course the the animals follow the same game trail yes now and we know there's plenty of game out there i i could post a video that would play behind us and we took it two years ago in the Hamus. and remember that herd of elk yeah i was amazed at the herd of elk i know that no one's out there hunting because that that little herd of elk was I want to say about 200. Yeah, there was quite a few. And uh, if we counted them, I guarantee it'd be close to 200. But they were just grazing, moving through, and they didn't pay us no mind. Yeah. That's what tells me, yeah, but we always say during hunting season, they're gone.
1: Right, you know, they know where to go, where it's safe.
0: So they must be intelligent, too. You know, all creatures on this earth have an intelligence to them. They do. They know their environment. They know the weather patterns. They know, but... uh, Mankind is disrupting it so much, what's going to happen?
1: right I, you know all the animals do have intelligence, but I'm not too sure about the pigeons. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, we'll talk about those off <laughs> okay <laughs> but no, I mean it's it's a serious question. We talk about this language that they talk, their environment uh, these creatures they they have to have a higher iq than most species out there because they are out there surviving uh, i want to say in the forest truly they're probably the apex predator they are i mean i don't think a mountain lion could harm them i don't think a bear could harm them we hear stories about how massive and bulky they are and
1: right and especially if they're in clans or
0: groups right you know no, no. Even if one were to get attacked by, let's say, a mountain lion, they're so massive, it'd be like my dog jumping on me. He may scratch me a little bit, but in the end, he's done for. You know, I spanked the shit out of him.
1: Yeah, I I was going to say, mountain lions don't usually even attack full-grown humans. They go after the children. They
0: do. That's because... They're uh, opportunists.
1: Right. And just to see like a a male Sasquatch, the size and the smell, the the mountain lion probably thinks, man, this guy smells like death. I'm out of here. Right. Not
0: only that, if they were just to give a a warning, like some people say they give a grunt or a warning before a charge, a, a growl, you know, some people say the growl. Just froze me, and i w- I almost wet myself, you know
1: right, and there's that infrasound we talked about right, and that 's one of the things it's used for
0: well, I was watching one of the documentaries, and this wasn 't mm-hmm. small town monsters, but they were talking about a couple that had an encounter along the the power lines in I think it was in Kentucky. And they said the mother and the daughter, they like to drive along the power lines because, you know, the power companies, they clear trees away from the power line so there's just one spot where they could drive up on the mountain and park and see the sunset and whatnot. Well, one night they drove up, and as the sun was setting, they seen a creature walking across through the open field from one part of the forest to the other where they cleared for the power line. And... They thought nothing of it, but as it got closer, they, they started to see it. The daughter got so frightened from what she saw that they, they immediately left, but the mother was curious. She's like, I need to see it again. So they went back, and they went back with other people. Well, the mother got out, and the people she took got out, and they were you know hoping that they could, lightning strikes twice, repeat the sequence and have another sighting. But the daughter was so scared, she refused to get out of the car. She didn't even want to go back. So what she saw terrified her, I mean, to the core. Uh, And you hear that all the time. Some people are curious and they want to go back. And some people are so frightened that they just want nothing to do with it.
1: Yep. I've been on both sides of the fence there. Right. Yeah. I, I don't know, though. But anyway, I just wanted to get that off my chest about the sounds because that's, you know, usually there's a lot of good information they pass along. But as far as them saying, oh, right. uh, they're not doing tree knocks, I, I had to call bullshit on that one.
0: I, I do, too. I think they are. And, and like you said, I think these creatures are out there. We know they communicate. And even if it's with rock clicking and tree yeah. knocking, they're, they're communicating. And,
1: and well, uh, another thing they tried to pass off for tree knocks was a woodpecker. I mean, if you hear woodpecker, you know the woodpeckers.
0: We've heard woodpeckers. now, And,
1: and also the, the rock clacking, they say there's some birds that do that, clack rocks together. But No. Like, like I told you, not at 3 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> right. And not in a sequence like we've heard.
0: Right. Now, let, and let me say this. There is no woodpecker out there at 3 o'clock in the morning. And if you heard a woodpecker, you hear them early in the morning. They're, they're the ones that wake us up. Yeah. Because they're on that tree, and it's not a clack Clack, it's a yeah, it's a constant like drilling sound, yeah.
1: And and everything that we've heard well, not everything, but we've heard some very suspicious sounds. Um, and a lot of those sounds you know would take two hands to make. It would, you know, I'm not saying it's a Sasquatch, but it's just around the middle of nowhere. And you can't tell me a bird threw a bottle at us in the middle of the night,
0: (laughs) that's what I'm saying. You know, the sounds we've heard, I mean, we know, we know we were the only ones back there because there was no one when we went in. But yet when we heard that sound of a bottle that got thrown on the road.
1: Or do you remember the can?
0: Yeah, and the can like squeezing like a, a can, like metal, the con 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 con. I'm like, who the hell is out here?
1: I'm guessing their curiosity is... Just like a primate, they see something, make sound or shiny, so they're going to hang on to it. Well, I'm
0: sure they are, but, you know, and it was probably making sounds. But, yeah, we've heard sounds out there because we've been out there alone and we can't explain the sounds. And I don't care who says, wow, someone was pranking you. No, there was not another soul around us for miles. Nope. So how could we be pranked?
1: Yep. Now, if you want to (laughs) walk, that's a pretty high mountain. You want to walk up there. I, I don't even know where you could park your car where no one would see
0: it. You can't. You can't. So, uh, uh, and we walked that mountain. And when we were, as we were going up, now don't get me wrong. It's it's not an easy walk because it gets steep, and you gotta you you gotta walk slow because you can't you can't run up that mountain. Uh, oh, I can't. I mean, maybe when I was nineteen or twenty. But I'd still get tired, and if I didn't watch my step, I'd still hurt myself. Right. But do you remember when we were getting close to the rocks, and we started hearing and yeah. hearing noises, and we're like, oh, yeah. okay.
1: And the rock clanking, like, yeah. the, is the, like the a warning. We, the closer we got to the top of that mountain, like somebody like, was being warned.
0: Like, here, here comes the dummies. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And so we started hearing it, and so we said, well, maybe we should turn back because... You know, we don't know what's up here. We're way up here, and it uh, uh, may not end up well for us. Right. Yes, but you know, we 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 go out there. Uh, so maybe we will do a documentary.
1: Yeah, but when we heard those sounds, we did take it as a warning. We turned around and yeah. just like Coach Francis. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, here's my thing. You know, we turned around because you you get it a gut feeling that like should we go any further you just get that feeling like okay um maybe we should turn around yeah and i'm sure every human on this earth has had that whether whether you're walking down a dark alley at night and you get that feeling saying uh maybe i should turn around and you made the right choice i think you know we started hearing some noises and whatnot and we couldn't see above these rocks and once we get to these rocks (laughs) we we may be uh In over our heads, I should say. Right. Uh, In the snake pit. (laughs) In the snake pit. So, you know, we looked at each other and said, okay, we're up far enough. You hear that? I hear that. Okay. Should we turn around? Maybe we should.
1: And, you know, I I should post the pictures, but a a while back, uh, I looked on Google Earth how they got the satellite images. And you could follow that road where we go. Yeah. And you could see on top of the mountains, and there's uh, some interesting tree structures. Remember, like, down the mountain, there's the X's and stuff? Yes. There's stuff like that, like they look like structures, but big trees. Yeah.
0: Well, maybe we should uh, venture up. Yep. That'll be part of our documentary, so be sure to watch when we post it.
1: Yep. We'll we'll definitely yeah. do that.
0: <laughs> anyway, we wanted to share that with you tonight. You know, particularly, you know the the vocalization and could it be a language? Because uh, th- that's things we're curious about. Right. I mean, if you start studying this creature, the phenomenon known as Sasquatch Bigfoot, and you follow the history, which goes back like we've talked about way before I was born and way before America was founded uh, through the natives, you're going to go down a rabbit hole. And we have, and we're already sliding down that hole, and we're not turning back. Yep. So...
1: Well, we wouldn't know how to turn back now. That's right, because we're sliding.
0: Anyway, thanks for listening, and thanks for joining us on our adventure. And you know how to get in touch with us if you've had a sighting, a haunting, or you just want to talk Squatch. Thanks for listening. Hey, thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed the show. And be sure to reach out to us at cryptidcrossroads505 at gmail.com. Peace. Peace.